your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Like the guy said, 608-785-7914. Matt Rothschild's on with me. He's going to join us for this hour. Matt is the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. That is a Madison-based organization that it, I have written down it tracks campaign spending in Wisconsin, Matt, but do you do more than that? Sure. I mean, that's what our bread and butter is. We track and expose the money in Wisconsin politics, but we also advocate for a full range of pro-democracy reforms, not just campaign finance reform, but also banning gerrymandering, for instance, and defending the right to vote, simple things like that. I had Rebecca Cook. She's running for Ron Kine's seat here in the 3rd Congressional District. I had her on the show yesterday. We didn't deep dive too much into it, but when but this is it was is kind of an issue uh, a couple months, I want to say months ago, the the opponent of Derek Van Orden in the Republican Party, and I can't remember her name, but I, fi- I feel like she filed papers that she couldn't either spend 5000 or bring in $5,000 to continue her campaign in the Republican Party for the third congressional district. Um, And it just seems to me like it's pretty early to have to bow out of a race uh, because you're not making $5,000. I just, the rules and the amount of money, 5,000 seems like a lot of money for, for somebody, but I mean, do you, do you see, is there a problem there with, with that, with something like that? You got to bow out of a race because you can't make or spend five grand. Well, right now, unless you're independently wealthy or unless you got a ton of rich friends or you're willing to basically sell your soul to the richest people around or the super PACs, uh, your odds of winning are pretty low. And so it, it becomes an excruciating choice whether you're going to try to run on a shoestring or whether you should just give it up because you don't have the finances. And our politicians, you know, they've become glorified telemarketers in this day and age because it costs so much money to run that they're literally on the phone four or five hours a day just calling rich people. And if you call rich people all day long, pretty soon, you know, you start seeing the world like a rich person because all you hear is complaints from rich people. Yeah, I always laugh at the, you'll see this meme every once in a while that our politicians should be like NASCAR and on their, instead of wearing suits, well, on their suits, they should have, you know, like Pennzoil or maybe Exxon or BP, whatever they should have. I don't know why I went all oil there, but um, they should have their sponsors on their suits when they go into, uh, you know, session. Yeah, and it's just gotten worse and worse. It's gotten worse and worse because of the Citizens United decision by the U.S. Supreme Court back in 2010 that said corporations and other groups can spend unlimited amounts of money to try to elect this person or trash that person. So we have the rise of these super PACs. And then in Wisconsin, it got worse in 2015 when the Republican-dominated legislature said, uh, you know, individuals can give unlimited amounts to political parties now and to legislative campaign committees. And corporations, for the first time in 100 years, can give to political parties, too. So pretty much the sky's the limit around here. I, I'm going to give you a, a civics question here, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's a law question. Okay, so in in the Supreme Court, we have Roe versus Wade, which you know essentially allows the woman to choose in abortions, and that's trying to get overturned. And and in Wisconsin, there's a state law that says abortions are banned outright. It's a law from the 1800s, I think 1890s, if I remember right. 
And and that law is on the books, but it's not enacted because it's Roe versus Wade. Why is it that Citizens United doesn't overtake something across the nation with can why is it that there is a law in Wisconsin that says maybe you could or couldn't uh, donate to a campaign? Wouldn't the federal Supreme Court decision overtake everything in that regard? Well, I'm worried on both fronts. I'm worried that, uh, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court's going to overturn Roe v. Wade, and then that ancient law that you referenced here in Wisconsin is going to be the relevant one, and it's going to be uh, one that is uh, certainly active, and then people can be arrested and prosecuted for having an abortion or for uh, for the doctors or nurses for performing it. And so that's a problem, but also the problem is, uh, you know, at some point we need to overturn the Citizens United decision, this federal law, uh, that uh, says that unlimited amount of spending by rich people is okay during elections. I mean, whose voices get drowned out when that happens? Your voice, my voice, everybody who's listening to this uh, interview right now uh, understands that he or she doesn't have an equal voice with the super-rich folks on both sides of the aisle. But, you know, our democracy shouldn't be a tug-of-war between a handful of billionaires on the left and a handful of billionaires on the right. I mean, in a democracy, we all should have an equal tug on that rope. Yeah, I have an idea here, Matt, and just tell me if if it doesn't work because of the Citizens United thing. I can, Can the state enact something like this, maybe like Wisconsin's legislature, where nobody can contribute more than $15 to any politician. And the, that's the max, instead of it being a 1000 or $20,000. Um, so, you know, everyone in the state can give $15 to as many people as they want, but only $15. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't mind that, but I don't know if the courts would like it. I don't know if Citizens United says that would be uh, too low a, a ceiling or whether it would be an infringement on First Amendment rights. Because there is this other case, the McCutcheon case in 2014, that said a super rich person's First Amendment rights were being violated because he wanted to spend more than $200,000 on an aggregate basis on federal campaigns. And the McCain-Feingold law at the time said, you know, basically $200,000 was your limit. And this guy said, no, I'm, I'm being gagged because I can't spend another $200,000 or whatever. So uh, it may be uh, running afoul of that Supreme Court decision, but... You know, you're right. It's crazy right now in Wisconsin. Just look at Wisconsin law. Right now, super rich people can give $20,000 to their favorite candidate for governor. uh, But, you know, they could also give $2 million to an outside so-called issue advocacy group that's running ads that say, uh, you know, call my friend's uh, opponent here and tell that person to stop being such a scoundrel. Well, that's 100 times the legal limit. Uh, if that person was giving directly to his friend who's, you know, a candidate. And uh, on top of that, uh, you don't have to disclose uh, that uh, you gave him any amount of money if you're that third-party group, that issue advocacy group that got the, the $2 million. So uh, there are all sorts of loopholes and ways to get around the, even the $20,000 limit, which is an outrageous limit, because who is listening to the show who's got a spare $20,000 in their wallet that they can throw at their favorite candidate who's running for governor. I mean, it's just a playground for the super rich right now, and we're left, uh, you know, in the stands as spectators. Sometimes we're blindfolded spectators at that because we don't know who's uh, throwing the mud at our screens during election time, and that's crazy too. Yeah, the idea that of giving twenty thousand or two hundred thousand or any amount of money to a politician is is kind of a joke. 
because of like any everyday person, I, I feel like, man, I, I don't really actually want to give any money to politicians. That just makes me feel itchy. And, uh, you know, if, if somebody's giving thousands of dollars, they probably expect something in return, right? Well, that's the thing. And, you know, when you're giving $20,000 to a candidate for governor, you know, I'm sure when you're calling up that person who becomes governor, that person's going to answer your phone call and invite you in for a meeting. But if you're Joe Schmo on the street and you uh, don't like what the governor is doing and you want to call him up or her up and say, can I come visit and talk to you about this problem I got with what you're doing? You're not going to get in the door and you know it. Yeah, Governor Evers, I uh, donated my max $15 to your campaign. Can we have a meeting? Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> that's not how the game is played here. You know, the rich uh, spend enormous amounts of money to elect the candidates and get the laws that they want and the policies that they want and the access that they want. Uh, this That's Matt with Rothschild. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign a Madison-based organization that can't, that tracks campaign spending. Matt, you're already being pegged as a, uh, a, a well, let's see here, a, a liberal leftist. So, I, I don't Well, I mean, they can peg me any way they want, but I think a majority of people listening to the show and a majority of people in Wisconsin want to have a, a level playing field when it comes to, you know, who gets to throw their money around and understand that the average person doesn't have an equal say with the super rich. I mean, that shouldn't be a controversial statement. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how it's a, a left or a right idea that, hey, we actually don't want to uh, our politicians to just rake in as much money as they want to, uh, you know, do their bidding for whoever their campaign donors are. Um, all right, we got to take one. We got to take a break. We'll be back. Brad's got to do the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Matt Rothschild, the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, a Madison-based organization that tracks campaign finance spending in the state and does a bunch of other stuff, including we're going to talk about gerrymandering here in a minute, Matt. And when I said you're being pegged as a liberal leftist, that was one person texting. So, you know, that, that makes you pegged. One person texted in, so. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I usually identify as a progressive. I was the editor and publisher at the Progressive Magazine for most of three decades, so uh, I don't mind being called a progressive. But look, uh, the things that we're talking about, you know, campaign finance reform, is it really a crazy idea that we should know, you know, who's financing all these ads that are splattering all over our screens? And is it really a crazy idea to say, you know, maybe the super rich shouldn't be able to buy our politicians? I mean, I don't, I just don't think those are way out of the mainstream. Well, this is this was an issue during the last election, right here in Lacrosse. I mean, we we had people complaining about how much money. Uh, Steve Doyle had versus, I think, uh, the two opponents, Kevin Hoyer, and then there was an independent candidate. I think he had a couple hundred bucks he put into his own campaign trying to run as an independent. And because the the Democratic Party of Wisconsin can give Steve Doyle as much money as they want, right? Yeah, and the weird thing is an individual can't give Steve Doyle as much as he or she might want to give, but they can give the, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, you know, an unlimited amount of money, and then the Democratic Party of Wisconsin can turn around and give it to Steve Doyle. So that's an absurd end around also. Yeah, I think that's maybe like one of the worst things, because uh, in the Republican Party can do the same thing. So the idea that I can give uh, as much money as I want to my party, but then my party gets to control who and what they decide to give the money to their underlings, their candidates throughout the state, 
And if I'm a candidate and I'm like, maybe I'm a little too left for the Wisconsin Demo- the Democratic Party, or maybe I'm a little too right for the Re- the Wisconsin Republican Party, then they're going to go, you know what? We have all this cash to hand out, but you're not saying the things that we like, so we're, you're not actually going to get any funding from us. Well, right, and that's how they keep their folks in line. And the change in the campaign finance law in 2015 really made the leading Republicans and leading Democrats in the state house here in Madison more powerful than ever because the campaign finance change said that super rich people could give unlimited amounts of money to legislative campaign committees that the speaker controls or the minority leader controls or the majority leader controls. So, you know, uh, if I'm Speaker Voss and I have a Republican in the assembly who wants to compromise with the Democrats, I'm going to tell the guy, well, if you want to disobey me here and be some kind of hero in your own mind, go ahead. But guess what? I've got a stack of money on my table here, and I'm going to primary you by giving all this money to a Republican I know in your district who will do exactly what I tell him to do. So you make your choice. Yeah, it is a Please. weird it is a weird sight in Assembly Speaker Robin Voss's office because he does have that pile of money on his desk. It is a weird <laughs> thing. It's intimidating almost. Hey, oh, you want to come talk to me? Like, okay, well, the money's right here, so you better say the right thing. <laughs> He's got sacks of money under the table, too, so. All right, Matt, I'm getting a call here. I'm going to put Eric from Sparta on. Here we go. I'm going to introduce you to Eric. Eric, go ahead. You're on with Matt Rothschild. Yes, I was kind of wondering, do you think it's a good idea to defund the police departments? Okay. I'm just a little off topic there, Eric. Um, all right. Anyway, I, I, I just wanted to introduce you. Eric calls every day, Matt, so I just wanted no, to introduce that's right. you. To I him. mean, I do think the, uh, the amount of money that is spent on the police should be lowered, and also that we should reform the police. I'm not crazy about the slogan, defund the police, but I don't think anyone who looks at police practices in the United States is going to say, you know, they're just tremendous down the line. I mean, there have been a lot of problems with policing that we've seen over the last many years, and I think they need to be addressed. And I don't think, you know, the police departments in Sparta or anywhere else in Wisconsin need to have these leftover, uh, you know, tanks from the Pentagon practically coming down our streets. So uh, I do think there's some problems there that need to be addressed. Well, I think we're actually uh, talking about giving, I think, like a couple thousand, a couple tens of thousands of dollars to our police here. Uh, We're voting on that pretty soon. I think uh, tomorrow, no, what day is today? Uh, Tonight. We're doing that tonight at the Finance Committee meeting uh, for the City Council. So we're, uh, we're, we're funding the police. So, you know, when people want to peg Democrats for uh, defunding the police here, we're giving them money. We're taking a, We're accepting a grant, I believe. Um, but the, uh, the lacrosse is a little ahead of the game, Matt, too. If you would just talk about police for a minute, they, they are they are doing this thing where they're sending like mental health professionals on certain calls. Um, so. And Madison is, Dane County is doing the same thing. And I think that's a huge improvement. I mean, a lot of the problems that the police get called to are caused by people who are having mental health problems. And if you can send mental health professionals there and who are trained to deal with situations like this in ways that the police aren't, you know, you can solve the problem uh, a lot easier uh, and the outcomes are going to be better. So I think those are good reforms. Um, all right. So let's stick with the police a little bit. We have a Racine County Sheriff, so not police, but sheriff. They're still policing, right? Uh, we had a Racine County Sheriff make the news last week uh, just about um, he what did he what how do you even know how he, how he caught? He caught? I don't even know if it's caught. He heard about eight people who, uh, something at a, about a nursing home and voting. It's it's a little confusing. It's like one of them things that we don't know exists, and then someone brings it up in their own fashion, 
And then we're like, really, that happened? And then you 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 don't really actually know how how to take it. Can you kind of explain the uh, fifty minute talk the Racine County Sheriff had last week? Yeah, well, let let me give a little context. Uh, the guy's name is Christopher Schmalling, Racine County Sheriff. He was a Trump supporter. He spoke at a Trump rally, Women for Trump, in September 2020. So he's not impartial uh, here at all. He gave a weird press conference last week where he was saying he's heard that there were people at a nursing home in Racine County who voted who were cognitively impaired. Well, you know what? You have a right, if you're cognitively impaired in America, still to vote unless a judge has deemed you incompetent. And uh, the idea that anybody who's got any kind of cognitive impairment is therefore disqualified from voting, that's not the law of the land here in the United States or in Wisconsin. So he was off base on that. And then he had one stray charge from a woman. He only gave her first name. She said that her mother voted in the nursing home and her mother shouldn't have been able to vote because her mother was cognitively impaired. Well, guess what? The family member doesn't get to decide that. Uh, only a judge can decide whether they're going to take your voting rights away uh, if you're so far cognitively impaired. It's not up to the daughter. It's not up to the son. It's not up to the brother. It's not up to the sister. That's not our system. So he was off base on a lot of stuff. And then this week he comes down and says uh, members of the Wisconsin Elections Commission uh, should be prosecuted for violating this law and that law and the other thing because what they did was they said at the height of the pandemic, uh, that uh, special voting deputies uh, wouldn't be able to get into nursing homes. The statute said special voting deputies should go to nursing homes during elections and help people who are residents there to vote. Well, we were in a pandemic, a serious part of the pandemic, and Tony Evers had issued an executive order saying, or emergency order saying that uh, non-essential people should uh, you know, basically stay home. Uh, and nursing homes had very specific limitations on who could enter a nursing home. In fact, a lot of times they were in lockdown. So special voting deputies wouldn't have been allowed into the nursing homes. And as a consequence, no one in the nursing home could have voted because uh, unless, you know, they're, they're able to drive and most of the people weren't driving. And so this would have disenfranchised so many people in residential care facilities and nursing homes that the Wisconsin Elections Commission looked at this issue and said, you know, we can't spend, we can't send these special voting deputies in. How are we going to let people in nursing homes vote? The best solution under this terrible circumstance, and they're between a rock and a hard place, is to send uh, absentee ballots to the nursing homes, to the residents of the nursing homes, and that's what they did. And he is claiming that that is such a violation of the statute that the uh, uh, commissioners, or at least five of the six commissioners on the Wisconsin Elections Commission, should be prosecuted. The whole thing's just a political stunt. One stunt after another out of these Trump supporters who uh, just will not let go of this chew toy that they have in their mouth that they're slobbering all over, uh, alleging somehow that something terrible happened in the November elections. Now, one of the persons on the Wisconsin Elections Commission, Dean Knutson, a Republican, a former member of the state legislature, said that uh, the sheriff is way off base on this and he's just looking for a fall guy for Trump's loss. And I think Dean Knutson is right about that. And at some point... You know, these people are just, uh, they're like the, the spoiled sports or the bad uh, sports who can't uh, uh, acknowledge that they lost uh, a, a competition and they're still arguing with the rest when everybody's left the parking lot already.
Yeah, it's and just outrageous. And sheriffs are elected officials, so you know if if I'm in uh, one county or another, and I know kind of how that county swings, I'm going to try to appease those people by maybe having a 50 minute press conference. I don't know. Maybe Racine County leans Democratic. I have no idea, but it's it's pretty purple. It goes both ways. Uh, but yeah, he's been in office for about 10 years now, and and he is. Uh, you know, it's interesting, the one uh, Republican on the Wisconsin Elections Commission that he didn't say should be brought up on charges is a guy named Bob Spindell, who actually was one of the false electors uh, in Wisconsin who submitted his name with nine other Republicans saying we're the legitimate electors to the Electoral College and uh, alleging with no foundation whatsoever that Trump won in Wisconsin. And so uh, this is the guy who's a Republican appointee, the Wisconsin Elections Commission. And I think uh, since the sheriff kind of sees the world the same way Bob Spindell does, he gave Bob Spindell a, a pass. If it wasn't the case that the the Racine County Sheriff wants to make with allowing people into nursing homes, if uh, if the fact would have been that people were allowed into nursing homes to, you know, whatever, oversee the election or oversee those people voting or hand out ballots, I don't know, whatever they were supposed to do, this is the part of the problem is we don't exactly know. But then Republicans right now would be touting how Evers allowed people to go into nursing homes and then all those people in the nursing homes got covid and a lot of them died that would have been that would have been the talking point now if if it weren't the other way well and it would have been terrible too i mean you want outsiders coming in and bringing the covid into the nursing home to the most vulnerable population in the state i mean that's what the wisconsin elections commission had to deal with and, and the sheriff you know, didn't give that any weight whatsoever in his rambling press conference. All right. That's Matt Rothschild. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. we got to take another break. Scott's comment in the news coming up. We'll get to your phone calls when we come back. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Nobody could wait on hold except Tom. I think this is Tom. Uh, we're speaking with Matt Rothschild, the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. He's hanging out with us for this hour, uh, talking about, well, for, well, we've been talking about campaign financing, and then we kind of moved that over to uh, the Wisconsin election investigations. We're still doing that thing. And the Racine County Sheriff kind of making a, a, a scuffle last week and, and into this week about nursing homes and voting. And that's where Tom wants to talk to you, Matt. He, want, he has a question for you, okay? Yeah. All right, Tom, go ahead. You're on with Matt. I, I think you were a little bit wrong in your assessment. I have had family members put into nursing homes with Alzheimer's and issues with memory, and if someone else has their power of attorney or are able to make the decisions for them, they're not allowed to make any decisions. They're all run through the family member. And I believe that's what that lady was referring to, the family member, that that person should never have been allowed to vote because they're not cognitive enough to make a decision. So you didn't represent that. your uh, answer me... 100% correct. Right, hold tight, Tom. Go ahead, Matt. Tom is not right about this. Uh, I am reading from uh, Disability Rights Wisconsin, which had a press release on the Wheeler Report uh, last week about this. I'm going to read one quick par uh, paragraph. The opinion of a care provider, family member, friend, or any other person about the competency of a person should not be allowed to prevent that person from registering to vote or from voting unless that person has been adjudicated by a court to be incompetent for the purposes of voting. 
a surrogate decision maker, such as a power of attorney, does not have the right to decide if someone does or does not vote. All right, Tom. Now, how old how old is that uh, piece of paper you have? That how piece long of paper has that been in the law? October twenty ninth, twenty twenty one. It's not very old at all. <laughs> Just before the election, and who was in office when that was passed? October in the state 29th, of Wisconsin. That was probably passed ago. by our governor and and the people that wanted to make sure that Tom. it was legal to do what they did. Tom, that was like two weeks ago. He's, no, he's just, it was just a week uh, ago, Tom. This was, this was not three days before okay, the November so, election. So was that in effect at the time of the election? I'm reading from a press release that's dated October 29th, 2021. All right. We're not, we're just going to run around in circles. So I I think maybe the, I think maybe the, the factor there is if somebody has power of attorney over, over maybe their grandma or something like that, does the grandma still get to vote? Grandma still gets to vote unless a judge has said that that person is incompetent to vote. Well, why are we allowing judges to do that? What about if I want to own a gun, but I'm incompetent to own a gun? Can I have a judge take my gun away? (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I don't know that. Uh, you know, it's pretty hard to take someone's gun away. <laughs> right. Uh, red flag law, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. We don't have red flag laws here, even though the vast majority of Wisconsinites are in favor of it. Right. Um, all right. So I want to talk a little bit, uh, move on. Just, I mean, we're, we're still doing this 2020 election investigation. My theory a month ago, and I just, I haven't talked about it in a while because it's just like, a, you know, just kind of an underlying theory has been always that we we just need to keep coming up with excuses to say that the election wasn't legit. I don't know. And then how long do we do this, Matt? Do we do this until the next election next year? Or do we do this all the way until 2024? And then maybe we keep doing it past 2024 if we don't get the results we want? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's just, you know, these are the worst sports of all time. Uh, and uh, at some point we got to move on and really address the issues that the people want to see addressed, like, you know, health care or schools or broadband or whatever it is we need to solve here in Wisconsin rather than fighting the last war endlessly or complaining about the referees in the last uh, athletic event we competed in. I mean, that just is so tiresome. But this is uh, something that uh, Republican elected officials don't want to give up, and a segment of the uh, Republican base doesn't want to give up, uh, in part because they're listening uh, to Trump, who keeps, you know, belly aching about the last election. Because we could move on, and I talked with Rebecca Cook, who's running for Congress here in the 3rd District. Hey, you know, health care is kind of an issue that we all deal with. Like, can we can we move on? Can we at least address health care in parallel to investigating elections or, or at least make it part of, you know, the, the conversation? But it doesn't seem like we, we want to do that even here in Wisconsin with the Wisconsin state legislature. Kind of ignored health care, right? The Medicaid expansion, stuff like that. We've kind of ignored that. Yeah, you know, all these crucial issues being ignored. And how many so-called investigations, I'm calling them fishing expeditions, do you need? I mean, uh, Senator Rob Coles, Republican from Green Bay, said the legislative audit report shows that the election was fair uh, and it wasn't stolen or anything like that. Uh, And, you know, Paul Ryan, former Speaker of the House of Representatives from Janesville, said it's really clear Joe Biden won the election, Donald Trump lost the election. I mean, when are people going to move on? Speaking of Paul Ryan, he owes the city of La Crosse Police Department two hundred dollars. By the way, for for, for what Can for I some ask? for some security uh, back uh, 
must have been four or five years ago now. Well, lacrosse should collect. I think Paul Ryan's got plenty of money to cover that one. It's one of them deals where the Trump campaign owes like all the police departments around here a lot of money, and then in that, in that, like who owes the police department's money? The Paul Ryan was like a bullet point in there. I'm like, oh, Paul Ryan. I think it's two hundred or two hundred fifty dollars. Kind of funny. Give him a call. Collect on that. <laughs> I know, right? Um, all right, we're getting a couple calls here, Matt. So we're just going to take them on the fly here. Caller, who's this? You're on the air. Caller, you there? Uh, is this me? Yep, you're on the air. Go ahead. I don't know who me is, so you'll have to introduce yourself to Matt. It would be 80, 86. I talked to you once back in the day. Yeah, man. Go um, ahead. I was just getting back to the about when you guys were having a conversation about defunding the police, but and you said that you're actually funding them with your $10,000 policy or whatever thousands of dollars um, yeah think, today what's that it's going on tonight at the judiciary or the finance committee meeting tonight the city of lacrosse is going to accept like f- thousands of dollars for police that'd be cool don't you think if there was more cops there'd be less criminals i'm not i'm not don't. sure i'm not sure that's the case i don't know well if it's a uh, 70 30 30 percent cops 70 percent criminals don't you think of it Flip the other way, it might make sense to kind of cut down on hate crimes and all the stuff that's kind of going on in the world. As far as, don't you think if there was a power of authority to keep people safe, that would make more sense? Or does that not make sense? I mean, if you had just cops roaming everybody's neighborhood and, and just outside your, your your neighborhood all the time, I guess. I don't know, Matt. What, do you got an opinion on this? Yeah, I mean... I- the question is, like Rick is saying, I mean, how many cops do you, do you want? I mean, if you had a police officer on every every 15 feet in your uh, city, uh, the city might be safer. But is that the city you want, where you see a police officer every 15 feet? Uh, and I think if you wanted to reduce crime, reducing poverty is a good way to reduce crime. And we should spend more uh, of our attention to try to, uh, you know, get at the root causes of, of a lot of crime. And a lot of it comes from... Uh, you know, people are poor. They can't make ends meet. They go into criminal activities, and uh, and that leads to crime. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say, and Brad might have read this re- re- during the news. I was talking to you, but drug investigations, the lacrosse could get extra money. The city, the council's finance committee tonight, 6 p.m., 15 minutes, is going to be asked to accept $43,000 in Justice Department grants to crack down on drug trafficking. So that's what we're doing tonight. So when you want to pretend that people are defunding the police, uh, there we're funding the police. And it's a, you know, it's a Justice Department grant. So that's Joe Biden. Would that be Joe Biden funding the police? Probably. I mean, that's one thing that Joe Biden brags about. But, you know, <laughs> this war on drug stuff, I think, has been the wrong war to fight. And I think so many people have been caught up in the war on drugs. Uh, first of all, there's an addiction issue there. And secondly, you know, Wisconsin to be the last state to the pot party. I mean, we are losing a lot of tax revenue by not legalizing marijuana. We're being cruel to people who are sick by not legalizing medical marijuana. And really, we're going to keep uh, incarcerating people for having some dope? I mean, that's ridiculous. All right, we'll go back to the phones here, Matt. Uh, is this Nick? Yeah, this is Nick. How are you, Rick? Hey, Nick, I'm good. You're on with Matt. You got a question for him? Yeah, I do. I just wanted your opinion on what you thought about what happened in Virginia last night or the night before, whatever. And, uh, you know, you had uh, Barack, you had Joe, you had Camilla down there and all campaigning for Terry McAuliffe. And they got their ass kicked. Virginia is turning a little red. All right. Just want your opinion on it, Rick. All right. What about, what about New Thank Jersey? You. Goodbye. We're gonna... Okay. Well, 
right. Anyway, um, Matt, let's go. I got another call here. So I got a whole bunch of people waiting. So, uh, caller, who's this? Yeah, it's Joe. Hey, Joe. Um, hey, you guys keep talking about no fraud in the election and that we should just get over it. Well, why don't we? Why Why doesn't it get settled where the Mike Lindell um, stuff? Because he's got a pretty good amount of evidence. And if you guys haven't watched it, and I know I've said many times, Rick, to watch it, um, you guys should watch it and uh, make a make a decision that way. But it should go to the courts because there's a lot of states that cheated, and we need to have this investigated. We can't. We shouldn't just accept it. That's so the problem. The, the my pillow guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead, Matt. You know, this thing's been investigated six ways to Sunday in Wisconsin, and the most recent investigation was from the Legislative Audit Bureau that found no systematic fraud or problems with the election, as Senator Cole said and Senator Bernier said, that the election was fair and secure, and there was no concerted effort to defraud uh, anybody or tip the balance uh, one way or another. So, I mean, how many investigations do you need? Uh, and, you know, Mike Lindell is not my idea of an expert, you know, the pillow guy. So come on now. Yeah, but he's got all the evidence. I mean, if he has the evidence, I mean, where, who, who, who is he giving it? Is he get, does he have to give it to someone? I don't really understand what's going on there. He just puts it online, and I think he thinks, you know, uh, Trump's going to get inaugurated again uh, before the next election and that Biden's going to step down or some crazy thing. Uh, you know, there's another crazy representative in uh, in Wisconsin uh, named Rampton who said, you know, we should take back our votes from the Electoral College. Uh, well, the Electoral College is closed. There's no such thing as a do-over in the Electoral College. There's no provision in the U.S. Constitution to allow that to happen. We elect a president uh, through the Electoral College. He's elected or she's elected, the only way you can get rid of a president is by impeachment. So, you know, I, I think people need to read the Constitution. They need to accept what happened on November 3rd and move on. All right, we're getting a couple more calls. I think Diane is, is this Diane? Yes, it is. Hey, Diane, you're on with Matt. Go ahead. Okay, my feelings are that I have no problem with having a police officer on every 15 feet or block or whatever, I think they're a positive influence. I think that if people are doing nothing wrong, they wave to me. I walk my dog, they wave to me, they say hello. I just, I think that it would really take away from crying because I think people would stop and think twice like when we were kids. All right, all right, thanks, thanks, Dan. Um, another call here. Yeah, caller, I don't who, want a police officer. Every, <laughs> yeah. Think how much that's going to cost. <laughs> right, Matt. You know, how, you it's know, fine, Matt. Well, you if you've got a passive police officer every 15th. Matt, we'll just move on. Uh, caller, who's this? Is this, uh, I don't know who it is. Go ahead. You there? Hello? Yeah, you're on. Go ahead. Who is this? Yeah, this is Randy. Hey, Randy, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to ask uh, this guy a few questions about the Biden presidency. All right, you got one question. Go. Okay. Give me your best one. All right. How's the border working out, sir? Okay. And don't tell me it's for humanitarian. All right. I, I, man, I'm sorry. This is what happens when I just I take no. the calls because because you're the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign Executive Director. So, but go ahead. You got an opinion on the border? You know, the border is a mess. The problem of immigration is a huge problem for our country. It's a hard problem to solve. We need to find a way to solve it. Uh, you know, Trump didn't solve it. The wall didn't solve it. Biden hasn't solved it. Kamala Harris hasn't solved it. It's a tricky problem. Part of it goes back to, uh, you know, why people are having to 
put, uh, you know, pick up and, and move and pull up their roots and try to get across the Rio Grande to come into the United States in the first place. We need to address that. Uh, but, yeah, there are a lot of problems there. But, you know, to say that, you know, Biden's the only one who hasn't solved that problem is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, the the whole idea of uh, people coming from the border, it, it, like the, the problem there is south of the border. That's where, like, start there. Ask yourself why those people want to come to the United States. And then ask yourself, you know, think about where you're sitting when you ask yourself that question. Because I'm sure you're, like, in a recliner, big screen TV in front of you. Uh, you know, listening to wisdom on your computer. That's that's what I'm thinking. Um, all right. So, Matt, you were I want to get to this before I let you go. You were at the the uh, gerrymandering. I, it's not gerrymandering. You, you there was nine hours of testimony over the Republican maps that they presented last week, Thursday, a week ago today. Um, there was nine hours of testimony. Two people spoke for the maps, which was Robin Voss, the assembly speaker, and then the Senate leader, Devin LeMahieu. Um, and nobody else spoke for the maps. And it, 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 like, do does that matter? There was nine. You were among the people that testimony, testified to. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, just to get into the hearing room, there were hundreds of people waiting in line to get into this hearing room to oppose gerrymandering. And gerrymandering is unpopular whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. A new poll came up from Marquette Law School yesterday showing that two-thirds of Wisconsinites, Republicans and Democrats at the same margin. Uh, don't want to see whichever political party is in power rigging the maps to keep themselves in power for 10 more years just by moving a line here or there on a map, not by convincing any more voters to vote for them. So that's crazy. Uh, and so, yeah, I went in there. When I finally got in, uh, Robin Voss was testifying. And the amazing thing is he confessed to this, uh, to doing just what we don't want him to do, which is to use partisanship uh, to keep themselves in power. He, he said, yes, we used partisan factors when we were drawing the maps, which means we tried to make the maps uh, easier for Republicans to continue their hold on power uh, in the state assembly and the state senate. Well, a lot of states, including Iowa and Missouri and Utah uh, and Michigan, don't allow the a party that's in power to rig a map to keep themselves in power. Uh, and that's what this whole thing is about. And so I was pleased at the outpouring of, uh, you know, citizens coming to Madison to testify against these maps. But it was kind of a charade because, first of all, there was no one on the Republican side. They didn't bother to have anyone testify in favor of the maps except for the people, the leaders who introduced the bills. And then they don't they weren't really listening to the objections that the citizens were bringing forward because, you know, they rammed the thing through in the Senate committee today and they're going to ram it through on the floor uh, of the Senate tomorrow, probably. And so, you know, it was just for appearance sake that they let, you know, the citizens uh, talk for several hours and then they're just going to do whatever the hell they want anyway. Well, when you say Republicans didn't speak for the maps besides Voss and Lemihu, is that because they didn't allow Republicans on uh, up uh, at the mic to speak for the maps like just citizens you know it's really strange rick because i've testified at a lot of hearings and usually uh the republican sponsors of the bill will make sure that they have citizens somewhere in wisconsin or lobbyists somewhere in wisconsin to come support what they're bringing forward and here they just didn't bring anybody they just said you know here's the bill you guys can uh, can come up to the mic and say whatever you want, but guess what? We're going to vote the way we're going to vote no matter what you're saying. And I just want to bring this up, too, is the fact that, okay, we, we, we released the maps two weeks ago, and then I think in, in a week or less than a week, Republicans said, we're going to have a public hearing in Madison on one day. And it's, that's, gonna be, that's it. We're going to have one public hearing on a thing that's going to last a decade, that's going to define our voting lines 
you know, and who runs this this state for a decade. We're going to have one hearing on it one day in Madison, as opposed to having maybe 10 hearings on it in every corner of the state, in the middle of the state, so that everybody can weigh in on the decision. And then people in charge of drawing the maps can go, oh, you know what? Not a whole lot of people or a whole lot of people like the idea. Yeah, and you know, in La Crosse, La Crosse County has passed a referendum by overwhelming margins in favor of banning gerrymandering. It passed a a county board resolution in favor of banning gerrymandering, urging the legislature to give us independent nonpartisan redistricting. 56 out of the 72 counties have passed these resolutions or referendums, and still the legislature isn't giving us what the people want. I mean, what kind of a democracy is that when we, we can't get what we want? Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make a ton of sense. And and then we I don't even know why we even had the hearing. Just just roll the maps in because everybody in the world, even even Ever said he's going to reject the maps anyway. So why are we playing around? Just take them to the courts already. Well, that's where they're going to end up. But why should we spend, you know, three or four million dollars on a lawyer's fees every 10 years? Uh, because that's what happens here in Wisconsin. Uh, when we could have independent nonpartisan redistricting like they have in Iowa and cost like $500,000 max. I mean, we'd save a lot of money that's going to lawyers, uh, and we could use that money for our roads and our schools and our health care and, and broadband. But, you know, we're just, we're just throwing money down the tubes here every 10 years with this partisan squabble. Let's get over that. Let's have independent, nonpartisan redistricting. Iowa solved the problem 40 years ago, and they didn't put a patent on it. We should just do what they're doing. Yeah, that's Matt Rothschild, the executive, Rothschild, the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. Hey, Matt, thanks a lot for joining us, man. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. All right. We'll see you. All right. I got to take uh, one more break. We'll be back. All right. That's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for calling. And that one guy's text. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, UW Lacrosse, political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski. See what kind of things we can get into.